Hello, and welcome to the Anchor Discipleship Podcast, a ministry of Rock Harbor Church. We want to help guide and grow you in your walk with the Lord by providing an in-depth study of God's Word with this lesson. So please grab your Bibles and let's set a course for spiritual maturity. Here's Pastor Brandon with this week's lesson. And on page 248 at the top, it says, If any man has an ear, let him hear. If any man is for captivity, into captivity he goes. If any man shall kill with the sword, with the sword must he be killed. Here is patience, is the patience and the faith of the saints. Now, that little phrase coming on the tail end of, of studying the Antichrist that we just studied last week means that the, it's a it's a promise to the saints and a comfort to the saints that if they put you into captivity, I'm going to put them into captivity. If they kill you by the sword, I'm going to kill them by the sword. And so it says, here's the patience and the faith of the saints. That's a, a comfort to the saints that however they treat you, I'm going to treat them. And that's the promise of coming on the heels of the Antichrist, which is going to persecute and kill many, many people. People. So then, after that, that promise, we move into the next aspect, which is the false prophet. And then on page 249, uh, we'll center our attention there. And it says, I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And that term doesn't mean that he's Jewish. A lot of guys misinterpret that and say, see, he comes from the Aretz. It's not coming from the land of Israel, and that doesn't make him a Jew. It just means he's not from heaven. It means he's from the earth. Now, the beast of the, the Antichrist is called coming from the sea, or the Mediterranean Sea, which represents the Gentile peoples. He also, this beast is a Gentile, but the fact that he, that John says he comes from the earth, it's basically indicates he's not a heavenly creature because this person will have miraculous abilities. He will be able to call down fire from heaven and do all kinds of miracles. And people will mistake him for some type of angelic creature because he has so many powers and because he is so seemingly peaceful. And so what John is trying to do is tell the reader, look, he is not a heavenly creature. He is an earth dweller. He is from the earth. He is a human being. He is not anything beyond that. And, and look what the description says. And he had two horns like unto a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. So you see the demeanor of him and the look of him is that he seems like a very peaceful religious leader. He's a lamb. Okay, so you imagine a lamb and, and the way he carries himself will be very peaceful. He'll probably talk very slow and very thoughtfully, and he'll seem very caring. And then he has all these these miraculous abilities. Well, people will start theorizing about him, that he's more than a human. But notice how he speaks. What is his message? He spoke like a dragon. And we talked about that on Sunday. We talked about it last Wednesday. Is On false teachings, you listen for the message first. What is he saying? Not what they're doing, because if you look what he was doing, he looks like a lamb. You can't tell what he is. You can only tell what he is by what he speaks. Okay, and then he continues on, and he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his sight. So he also has authority from Satan. 
And he makes the earth and them that dwell therein worship the first beast whose death stroke was healed. So he is like the Holy Spirit. It's part of the satanic trinity. And the Holy Spirit's job is to focus attention to Jesus. And his job will be to focus attention to the beast, the Antichrist. Now I want you to make a a point of, of application here before we move on. In the Pentecostal and Charismatic circles, where's the focus at? The Holy Spirit. You ever notice that? And usually their emblems are uh, like a dove coming down. It's usually the focus is on the Holy Spirit. But Scripture never, ever puts the emphasis on the Holy Spirit. So they're wrong in that regard. The emphasis is always on Jesus. If the Holy Spirit... I I never see a passage, nor probably have you, a passage that diverts attention to Jesus from Jesus to the Holy Spirit. Never will you see that. It's always focused to Him, to Him. So in these charismatic and Pentecostal circles, they're on the wrong focus. And notice that even the Satanic Trinity even gets the copycat right. The false prophet is directing worship to the beast, to the beast, to the beast. So it tells me something about the charismatic circles, doesn't it? It should tell you something about the Pentecostal charismatic circles. Their attention and focus is on the wrong person of the Trinity. It should be on Messiah, and it's not. So because of that, they get messed up. It's right. It's on them, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the Corinth church all over again. When I look at the charismatic and Pentecostal circles, I'm seeing Corinth again. Because that's what Paul gone on to Corinth. Is it's all about you guys. It's all about your gifts that you're, you're exhibiting. And they were faking the gifts through ecstatic utterances. And this is, they were making it all about them and one-upping each other and this and that. And so I find it just very fascinating that even in the satanic trinity, the satanic trinity even does it right in a weird way. You get what I'm saying? The, the false prophet is doing exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He focuses attention off of him and onto the beast, and the Holy Spirit focuses attention on the Messiah. It's just amazing how topsy-turvy they get this. You can see even prophecy shows it to be wrong. And then he goes, and he does great signs that even, that should even make fire come down out of heaven upon the earth in the sight of men. So that's similar to even the two prophets, similar to Elijah. And he deceives them that dwell on the earth by reason of the signs, or these are counterfeit miracles, which it was given him to do in the sight of the beast. Now, here's the point. Satan can do miracles. So we're not to watch the miracles. That's why you have to listen to the message, because they can do miracles, counterfeit miracles. And so I don't care. People will tell me, oh, I had an experience, and Jesus talked to me, or I had a vision, and, and this is what the vision said, and I, I was out of my body, and I saw this, and I saw that. I said, fine, I don't count, discount that you had an experience. I'm just saying your experience wasn't from Jesus. That's all I'm telling you. Because even the devil can do signs and miracles. And then this guy, forget it. He can do all kinds of stuff to fool the whole world. And he goes, um, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that's the earth dwellers, that they should make an image to the beast who has the stroke of the sword and lived. 
and it was given unto him to give breath to it, even to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as should not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Did you catch that? This is not just simply an idol made out of stone or whatever. This idol of the Antichrist has the ability to speak and has the ability to kill you if you don't worship it. Now try to come to your mind what that could possibly be in our modern day and age. The Terminator is right. That's exactly it. The, the image that, that has life in it, it's not the word Zoe and doesn't connotate human life. But what John's trying to say, and I think if, if I'm trying to read into this a little bit, John's trying to say it has a simulation of life. It's not human life, but it has a simulation of life. And he, I, I, trying to use his, his best words as he can, projecting himself, if he saw the vision of the 21st century, maybe he saw animatronics. Maybe he saw uh, artificial intelligence. Maybe he did do that. Maybe that's what John's talking about. If you're John and you're seeing a vision of the future and you're saying, I don't know, but I, I saw an idol in the vision, but the idol had the ability to speak, but I know it wasn't life, but it, it, it looked like it was alive. What would John say if he saw some of our animatronics or our, the robots, the robots that are creating now that Man, you know, if I was John in the first century, go go forward a little bit, a little bit more. Okay, so like our robots. Okay, so let me like this 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 gal on the left is really not a gal; it's a robot. And the new thing in Japan is they're creating these robots that that really look human and act human, and they can actually learn and do different things and stuff like that. And and so obviously I, I, she, this is a real famous robot in Japan. But I mean, just go to Disneyland or whatever, and you've got the the Abraham Lincoln thing going on there in Disneyland. Imagine John seeing that and saying, you know what? It looked alive, but it didn't have Zoe in it. It it didn't have human life in it. It was it it looked like a human life. Maybe that's what John sees. I don't know. I'm trying to my best to figure out what what he's trying to say, but whatever it is, it has a simulation of life, but it can kill you. And it could even be something that's part of the system that it tracks you with. And so I think that you're starting to see that John is talking about a technology that only exists today. Like you're saying, we have the ability to track everybody, and, and we'll talk about that in just a second, but it plays into it. But he never he doesn't make that, that connection with it. He just says these things have life, but they're not really human life. And the only thing I come up with is artificial intelligence. The the thing I heard today is that they're tampering with the human genome. And they um, the article was stating well, I think it was in the New York Times that they're tampering with the human genome. And they're saying that, okay, we can create a human being that won't have arthritis, will not have cancer, 
this and that. And they're projecting that immortality will be possible by 2045 or something like that. And now they're backtracking and saying 2030 because they can start tampering with the genome. Um, but at the same time, what they're doing is saying, we're going to do this with all animals and humans and intermix the genomes with the animals and the humans and things like that. Okay, in creating these chimeras or whatever, you know, these these part animal, part human things. I don't know if that's where it's going, if God's going to allow something like that, but we're we're getting real close to that kind of tampering that the angels were doing, or the demons were doing in Genesis 6, when they're tampering with the DNA of humans and we're making hybrids. Do you remember that in Genesis 6? Created, created Nephilim. Well, we're, yeah, we're that close. I was just watching Superman last the, the other night, and, and that's what Jarrell was telling Superman. And and I guess Jarrell was telling Superman, you were, you were conceived naturally, so you're different. Um, but anyway, um, it's right in the movies. It's right in the movies. <laughs> Russell Crowe was dead. He had died on Kry Krypton or whatever. Anyway, I, 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 this one's intriguing to me. And I, I, every time I read this passage, I just stop and I'm like, man, we're getting into some weird stuff. And we're getting into, you know, when do you cross a line, humanly speaking, before you become a cyborg, so to speak. Because they say by 2045, almost every part of you could be changed out. They're thinking that right now, the Russians are spending $18 million to do a body transplant to a head. No, no, the, the guy's alive right now. He's, he's a quadriplegic, and he's willing to do this, and the Russian government is going to do a head transplant. They tried it on a monkey. Do you remember that? The, and they did the head transfer, and it worked. But you know what happened? The the rejection from the head to the body was so bad, it caused so much pain. The monkey went crazy. And and they're try they're going to try it with this human guy, and give him another body. And they it, it's a hundred and fifty doctors, eighteen million dollars or whatnot, and the Russian government's going for it. China's already trying to do it, and. I mean, imagine that, that is so crazy. That's where I think, Scott, where we start seeing this is another aspect to know that we're at the end. Because if you start getting this close, I can already tell you with Genesis 6, Genesis 6 when that erupted, what happened after that? The flood. The flood, that, that, the, the group of people and the millions of people that were killed, yeah, they were killed, they were evil, but the, what was going on was the Nephilim problem. Their genetic code was messed up. And so the flood was there to j just wipe out these hybrids because there is no salvation for non-humans. Christ is a human being and God, but he died for humans. If you're a hybrid, he didn't die for you. There's no salvation for Nephilim or some type of chimera or hybrid or whatever. So the, the point that we're seeing, Scott, we're, get, we're getting to the, the end of the, the, the top of the ceiling. We start getting into a thing, and like, like you're saying, we're going to intermingle pigs and different things together in a, in a genome and create these things. Uh, what are they? What, what, what will you do with them? Use them for an army? What do, what do you use these people for, or these things, these creatures that are half, uh, half pig and half human and half monkey or whatever? That's dangerous. That's extremely dangerous. And this is what they say. Well, we'll never use it for bad purposes. 
And what we have learned, morality never catches up to technology. It, it can't. It doesn't stay up with it and it just gets out of hand. I don't know. Maybe that's what's going on. Let's jump to the next page and then I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, link something with this, this image that gets created to this mark of the beast. And this is on page 250. And he causes all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free and the bond, that there would be given to them a mark on their right hand. So everyone has to do this. It does, that's all categories of people, socioeconomics is what it's saying. Or upon their forehead. And we talked about these two places before, in a couple lessons before this. And that no man should be able to buy or sell, so there's an economic facet to this, save he that has the mark even the name of the beast or the number of his name. So here is wisdom, or basically this is how you interpret the name of the Antichrist. He that has understanding, let him count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. So you take, you take basically the name in Hebrew, you put his name in Hebrew, and in Hebrew, it's because it's an alphanumeric system, I'll show you real quick. On page 251, if you go to the next page, I'll show you how you do this. In the middle of that, uh, down to the, the bottom of the page, it says there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Do you see that sentence and then a bunch of numbers? Okay. Basically, this is just gematria in Hebrew. The 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and in order of numerical value, they are as follows. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. And then you go 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Then you go 100, 200, 300, 400, and so, and, and so forth. That's how you do gematria in the Old Testament with the Hebrew. So it's nothing mystical. You don't have to think, oh, this is getting into code, Bible code. No, it's not. That's just the way the Jews saw things. That's why there's numbers all over the Bible. They have messages in the numbers. The numbers connotate stuff. So basically then what you do, because there's no vowels in Hebrew, is you take the consonants, if you were living in the tribulation, you take the consonants of the Antichrist name, and you, you add them up. And you would get 666. So it's an identification marker. The number of our Lord in Hebrew is 749. That's his number. Jesus the Messiah. And you can do your own name, too. If you do, you know, the Hebrew, and what your name, the, the consonants, relate to the Hebrew uh, system, and then you can do your own numbering. Now, if you end up with 666, I don't know what to tell you about that. Uh, <laughs> so you can do this with your own name, but but what's the point on this? You know, um, like I told you before, this is actually to help the tribulation saints identify the Antichrist. So that they know, they take, take okay, we suspect this guy is the Antichrist, take his name, put it in the, the Hebrew system, and it'll come out to 666. So it's really a, a, actually a help for them uh, in that time. Okay, but the point I want to make then is this system that you can't buy or sell indicates that the economic system of the world is attached to it, to just this identification marker. And so that, that goes back to the point I wanted to show you. Uh, let's go back a couple things. The technology we have is that we can put everything about you in the size of a grain of rice, and where are they putting it? They're putting it in that place on the hand now. This is the location. Well, what did John say? It's going to be in your right hand, and the perfect place they're doing it is right here between the thumb and the forefinger. 
and it's a fleshly part, and they can stick it right under the skin. And, and obviously, John says they're going to be in the forehead. And like we talked about, why would they put it in the forehead if they can put it in your hand? What does that indicate? That you don't have a hand. Because someone stole your identity and cut your hand off. So they would have to put it in your forehead another place. So the technology is here. Every, your banking, your medical, everything could be there. You could swipe your arm. And, and really, everything's going to it. They're trying to get rid of cash. We've talked about that. And uh, the RFID chip is a tracking monitor as well. It has not only your information, but they track everywhere you go. In fact, you're tracked now. Anytime you swipe your card at any place you go, Starbucks, whatever, they know where you are at today. If someone really wanted to find out where you were at, they could figure that out. That's what happens in this kind of Big Brother system. And, and this is the new shirt if you want to get it. RFID plants, just do it. No brain, no pain. Uh, new World Order, sponsored by Obama. So here's, here's the connection I wanted to bring back to Je what Jess said. If you have something in you like this, and they can track and monitor your buying and selling, but they know your GPS location or whatever, and they have an image of the beast at that point in time and saying, right now you're, everyone gets on their knees and worships the beast. And if you don't go down to worship, it shows in your GPS tracking system, this guy didn't go down. If someone presses a button, dead. That they could kill you from it. It's possible. If they have that kind of ability, imagine the control they could have on people. Not only could they liquidate your accounts, but they say, if you don't play ball, we press a button and that RFID chip goes off or whatever and it releases cyanide into your veins or something like that, and we kill you, game over. It's game over at that point in time. That's an enormous amount of control. Um, I don't know, but it might get to that technology. Like, you know, somehow they'll be able to kill you by not. How would you, if you're in Bakersfield, but they're doing this in Jerusalem, how would they know you didn't get on your knees? How would they know? The only thing is the tracking device would tell them. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll come back to this next week, okay? Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Anchor Discipleship. We hope that this message is a blessing to you and helps you grow towards a more mature understanding of God's Word. Rock Harbor Church has two other podcasts. The first is called The Anchor Sunday Sermons and is filled with pastors' Sunday messages. And the second is The Anchor Bible Study. It's filled with past and continuing Bible studies preached during our Wednesday evening services. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear them, Please check the description of this episode or search your favorite podcast streaming services. Rock Harbor Church also has a print-to-order merchandise store. You can shop for Rock Harbor merch at rockharborchurch.store. Support for all three of our podcasts comes from your generous gifts and donations. For more information about our ministry, we invite you to check out our website, rockharborchurch.net. Keep looking up for our redemption draws near. God bless.